New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, New Vision family, this is Ben Curtis, and we're going to be opening up today to Exodus chapter 40, verses 1 through 24. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. The Lord spoke to Moses, You are to set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, on the first day of the first month. Put the ark of the testimony there and screen off the ark with the curtain. Then bring in the table and lay out its arrangement. Also bring in the lampstand and set up its lamps. Place the gold altar for incense in front of the ark of the testimony. Put up the screen for the entrance to the tabernacle. Position the altar of burnt offering in front of the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. Place the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Assemble the surrounding courtyard and hang the screen for the gate of the courtyard. Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it. Consecrate it along with all of its furnishings so that it will be holy. Anoint the altar of burnt offering and all of its utensils. Consecrate the altar so that it will be especially holy. Anoint the basin and its stand and consecrate it. Then bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance to the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Clothe Aaron with the holy garments, anoint him, and consecrate him so that he can serve me as a priest. Have his sons come forward and clothe them in tunics. Anoint them just as you anointed their father, so that they may also serve me as priest. Their anointing will serve to inaugurate a permanent priesthood for them throughout their generations. Moses did everything just as the Lord had commanded him. The tabernacle was set up in the first month of the second year on the first day of the month. Moses set up the tabernacle. He laid its bases, positioned its supports, inserted its crossbars, and set up its pillars. Then he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses took the testimony and placed it in the ark and attached the poles to the ark. He set the mercy seat on top of the ark. He brought the ark into the tabernacle, put the curtain for the screen, and screamed off the ark of the testimony, just as the Lord had commanded him. Moses placed the table in the tent of meeting and on the north side of the tabernacle outside the curtain. He arranged the bread on it before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. He put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. Well, as we come to the last chapter in the book of Exodus, we're not really reading anything new. God gave the building instructions to Moses. We read all about that in chapters 25 through 30. And then we kind of reread a lot of the same information in chapters 36 through 40, where Moses is communicating these instructions to the people of Israel for them to build. And so we've read about detail after detail. We've heard about every single part of this building at least twice. And so the question would be, is Moses just a terrible writer or is there a purpose to all of this? Well, there's definitely a purpose. 
the living God, I want you to think about this, the creator of the universe, the I am, was about to become a tent dweller with the children of Israel. How amazing is that? But he gave an important stipulation. Before he would come and dwell in their midst, they were required to build this tent according to the pattern that he had established, down to every single minute detail. And so God was calling on them. He was calling on Moses. He was calling on Israel. They needed a faith that would be lived out in obedience to what God had commanded. And that's why we see this phrase again and again. You, you probably heard me emphasizing it, uh, that they did just as the Lord had commanded. That phrase pops up a lot in these final chapters. And when the tabernacle was built exactly according to the pattern, God came in glory. This happens again, same thing, at the building of the temple some five or 600 years later. When the glory of the Lord came, it was visible. God's glory came when they obeyed in faith according to the pattern. This is such an important lesson for us because what God is saying, what he's really speaking to me through this, is that God requires faith. He, he wants us to trust in him, but flowing out of that faith, he wants obedience from his people. He wants a faith that always results in obedience. Think about the people of Israel. They had faith in the God who brought them out of their bondage in Egypt. They trusted in him. And he did that not because they deserved it. He did that out of just his faithfulness to the promises that he had made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, their ancestors. But Israel's part in all this was to respond in faith, trust in God, and then that faith was ultimately meant to prompt their obedience in, in building this dwelling place according to the pattern. And, and I, I should say this, according to God's pattern, not according to their ideas. We already saw where that got them when, when they did it their way and they built the golden calf. So God wants faith and he wants that faith to result in obedience. We need to remember as well that the tabernacle is a type, or another word would be to use the word model, of something greater. The one they were building on earth at this point was just a shadow of the real one that existed in heaven. And that's what it says in Hebrews 9.24. It says there that Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. So it was saying there that, that this Old Testament tabernacle was a copy. It was just a shadow of the true tabernacle that exists in heaven. So Jesus fulfilled this idea of God coming to dwell with man. But, but then when Jesus ascended into heaven, the church became the body of Christ on earth. And right now, the church, we are... God's dwelling place. And by the way, when I say church, I'm, I'm not saying, uh, we're not talking about the physical structure, but we're talking about the people of God. And we're not just talking about new vision. We're talking about all of God's people, uh, those who have placed their faith uh, in Jesus and repented of their sins. Uh, we are the people of God. Um, not the church, lowercase c, but capital C church. And so Ephesians 2.22 says this about us, that in him you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. So now watch this. In the same way that the tabernacle was to be built according to God's pattern, 
God has given instructions for what the church is to be like and how it's to be built. And the New Testament gives us this pattern. It tells us about uh, things like leadership and, and what are the requirements for leadership in the church. You know, when it talks about selecting pastors and deacons in 1 Timothy and Titus, uh, Pastor Brady's emphasized this uh, a lot to us as a, a church staff, that uh, God places way more emphasis on character than he does on gifting. And so as you read those descriptions in First and Second Timothy and in Titus, uh, God places a premium on who we are uh, before what we do for him. And he tells us how we should relate to one another in, in books like Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and, and how we're to live out our lives as the community of faith. So God has given us the pattern. And we should be committed to build the church exactly as the New Testament is instructed, not according to what the church was like when we grew up or not according to our own opinions. The first question we should always ask is, what does the Bible say? Not what do you think or, or how did we do it in the past? Now, we don't pretend to have all the answers. Uh, you, you, know, you, you can read the Bible for years and you'll realize that some things are clearer than others and the Bible definitely leaves a lot of wiggle room for how each local church can look. The church may look slightly different in, in each age, in each culture, in each context, but those differences are going to be minor if they're all built according to the instructions that God gave. Here's the challenge, I think, for us. Over time, uh, the reason that God gave all of these details and was very specific, over time, we tend to forget about the book. We, we tend to forget the pattern. I'm not a seamstress, but I think ladies who sew would tell you that if you have a pattern, then, then you make something, and then you make a pattern from that pattern, and then you make another pattern from that copy of the pattern, pretty soon the end product's going to look nothing like the original. So that's why God calls us to continually return to the original. Our pattern is not what the church looked like 10 or 20 years ago or 100 years ago. The question is not, have we drifted from what the church was like in the last generation? The question is always, are we following the pattern that God has given to us in his word? If you don't hear anything else I say, please hear this. I think this is so beautiful and this is so good. When we do things God's way, they will endure. Think about the tabernacle. I mean, this was a basically a, a portable tent, and yet it lasted for 500 years. It was still around in David's time. But the reason it stayed around for so long is because it was built according to God's plan. And here's what gets me so excited as a pastor. When we follow the pattern as, as individual believers and then together as a corporate body, when we work together to build the church God's way, we're building something that's going to last for all of eternity. Well, friends, that's it for today. What a journey this has been. It's been a lot of fun, and I've learned so much as we've studied Exodus together. And We hope that you'll join us again tomorrow one more time as Pastor Nick finishes out the book of Exodus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.